Jeff, you're finally here. I made it. And it's nighttime. So dark. So eerie. Shit. So you know what time it is? Yeah. It's time for a little bit of half-ass horror cast. Nights. Shit. So get ready. Brace yourself. Fucking brace yourself. Do it now. Ah! So we just watched the final three episodes of Erie, Indiana. Yes. There were three really good episodes, I thought. Indeed. Yeah, we were talking uh, while we were watching how the sort of like the final episodes, it kind of felt like it was kind of building up to something a little broader. Yeah. Uh, with Dash X, who is like, you know, the gray haired kid. We find out his name is Dash X. But unfortunately, the show got canceled and it got cut short. But if it had gone on, I feel like it could have been even better. Yeah, they were they were really building up this character in with Dash X, which, by the way, he didn't get his name until the uh, Loyal Order of the Corn, the first episode we're going to discuss today. Yeah. But uh, also, uh, they seem to be doing a lot of world building and a lot of you know these are important characters, these are important concepts moving forward and it really seemed like they were they were ready to do another season or yeah. beyond um and uh this something i was thinking about is uh for paranormal or supernatural shows for kids they're almost always it seems like anthology shows mm-hmm. it's uh you know you get told one story and then you move on to a new story this is pretty unique because it's an investigation show that has continuity. I mean, like yeah. it builds each episode kind of builds on the next to, to a certain extent. I mean, mm-hmm. in a very small way, but still there is continuity. Yeah. It does make me wonder like on a timeline of like, if this had been a huge success and it had been on NBC for five years, yeah. what the hell the show would have done. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Especially when shows like X-Files and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, when those started to creep in mm-hmm. and were huge hits, I just wonder if it would have helped the show a little bit. Like, yeah. Because uh, I feel like it was snuffed out before uh, these types of shows were, you know, pretty big concepts or pretty big phenomenons. Yeah. So. And I also wonder, I, I don't remember if it was advertised that well back then either. Maybe if they had done a little better with advertising and stuff, yeah. it may have, maybe it would have continued a little bit longer. But um, I guess we'll never know. We can always just kind of speculate. Mm. But we'll get to the speculation stuff right after... Uh, right. We go through the episodes because I have some some ideas, some uh, theories, if you will. Well, let's jump straight into it, shall we? Uh, the Royal Order of the Corn. I'm going to uh, read a brief synopsis from IMDb. Mr. Teller joins the Loyal Order of the Corn, and Marshall and Simon discover that the Order is building what appears to be a giant TV screen. But when Simon steps into the screen, he gets transported to another planet. This episode also stars uh, my favorite Martian, the act. What's the actor's name? I forget his name. Uh, that would be Ray Walston. Walston. Yeah, he also played Mr. Hand in um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes, you know I'm looking at his IMDb. I mean, he was in Popeye. Oh yeah. As uh, Popeye's dad. Mm-hmm. Or no, no, it says Poop Deck. I don't know who that Poop is. Poop Deck Pappy. <laughs> but uh, also, he was. It's, it's not on here. He was on um, the uh, Of Mice and Men uh, adaptation with uh, Gary Sinise and John Malkovich oh, okay. from the early 90s, yeah. which is a really good one. He plays a really you know big part in that. He's really mm. great in it. And The Stand as well. He's in mm. The the Stand uh, from the early 90s, which also had Gary Sinise as a very major part. So he was a very big uh, actor in the early 90s. A lot of genre stuff yeah. and, and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, I guess he was really popular in the 60s from that show. And then as you know, the years went by, he was still... You know, he was doing well. Yeah. And, and he plays this pretty damn straight, I have to say. Yeah. For, for Again, for a kid's show and uh, for zany plot lines and stuff like that. 
he plays a really good straight man, and he, he reads a lot of his lines with so much sincerity. I, th- I think it was yeah. it, it, it gave a lot of gravitas to what mm-hmm. he was talking about and everything. You, uh, you have a lot of answers. Your friend had a lot of questions. Yeah, well, I have some of my own. Where do I fit into all of this? You are my assistant. Possibly even my replacement. So you're saying that you would have taken anybody who answered that help wanted sign? Not just anybody. No, no, no. Why me? I need to know. His character in the show, you know, he's the... He kind of runs the loyal order of corn. It's it's sort of like a lodge kind of thing where all, like all the all the men in Erie you know meet up at this lodge and they they all wear the little corn hats which seem to be some <laughs> kind of like mind control kind of going into it because at one point Marshall's mom takes the hat off and puts it on and she starts doing the hand gestures and right. stuff and it looks like Marshall's dad kind of snaps out of it but uh, Marshall and uh, Simon are curious about what's going on and like Marshall's a little worried about his dad going in there because he's afraid like something might happen to him and of course uh Dash X uh well at the time gray-haired kid finds him yeah. and uh you know Marshall apparently has like a ton of money on him at all times he's Which, just but, <laughs> we, we did you mention uh the gray-haired kid is working there he he's he's right. working as security slash kind of just like a sidekick uh um, he's like a bar back for the my favorite Martian guy. Yeah, <laughs> who who owns the lodge? I guess right. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of like the ultimate leader of yeah. the the order of loyal order of the corn. Yeah, he's sort of the kind of the silent owner of this place because right. uh, he doesn't. He sort of seems just like the bartender, but then you find out later that of course he's been there since the early 1900s. Right, Marshall and uh, Simon. They're eavesdropping on Marshall's dad because they're really curious about the secret organization. And when they get inside, they see uh, a series of photographs from, you know, the the previous decades. Yeah, starting at 1913 until present day. Right. And it's always of the current leader, the supposed leader of the Order of the Corn. And in the background, you always have that character. um, His name is Ned, uh, which my favorite Martian plays, Ned. Oh, there you go. Um... So so Ned is always in the background of all of these photographs, and he's never aged. Yeah. He looks, you know, like an older man, his late mm-hmm. 60s, maybe 70, and he's around the whole time. Yeah. And then uh, Dash X, or gray-haired kid, he, he sh- you know, takes the, the money from Marshall and... Uh, Which, I'm sorry, I stepped over in. that. I stepped over your, your observation that Marshall is loaded. Yeah, he has, like, he, first he bribes him with a $10 bill, and then he gives him a $5 bill, then he gives another $5 bill. I'm like, does Marshall just always have just tons of cash yeah, on him? Yeah, I mean, like, why especially... Why does the gray-haired kid just... Mug him. Mug him, yeah. Yes. Because, uh, again, old man here, early 90s, uh, he gave him at least, I mean, like, 50 bucks, right? Yeah. In a, a 13-year-old kid in 1992, that was a decent chunk of change. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was that was some serious money to have just on your person, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, Where's he getting this money from? <laughs> Marshall yeah. doesn't have a job, but whatever. Yeah, so the gray-haired kid takes him inside, and he, there's this cabinet or something that has the, the dash and the plus sign. That door's got markings on it, just like the ones on your hands. What does that mean? It means that our friend Ned might know more about me than he's saying. Maybe he knows where you came from or where your family is. Maybe Ned knows what your name is. Right. And uh, he puts his hands up to it and it opens it up and inside there's this, what looks like a salt lamp, like those oh, ones yeah, you yeah. see at the yeah. you know, Walmart or whatever. It looks like one of those hokey new age crystal things. My sister has one almost that big. She thinks it'll get her boyfriend they take this the the salt crystal thing out of it and it opens up this door into this room that has a giant tv How, I, they, I guess they start like messing with stuff in there and then uh simon walks into the tv and gets trapped yeah the tv it, it's huge i mean there's no way to undersell how big this tv screen is i mean yeah. it's it's over the size of a person i mean it's like the size of, of a wall in a house basically it's, it's right. very large and it has on it the image of uh, it's kind of just like a Arctic landscape, kind of. Yeah. 
And yeah, Simon gets, you know, they're kind of monkeying with the controls and Simon gets really curious. He steps straight up to the screen and he's absorbed mm-hmm. into the screen and it crosses over. And now he's suddenly inside the television. Yeah. And he's standing there and it's like snowing on him. So Marshall has to find a way to get Simon out of there. But that's when Ned comes in and he's like, you know, what are you guys doing in here? Mm. What do you think you're doing? Do you realize how long I've been working on this project? Yeah. What do you think you're trying to pull? I'll go call the cops. Drop the act. He couldn't have gotten in here without your help. He finally just, he's like, all right, you guys know about this. I'm going to go ahead and tell you the whole story. Yeah. He's a, a spaceman and he got trapped in uh, Erie or just like on Earth, I guess, uh, yeah. 80 years earlier, uh, 1908, I think he said. And then uh, he's just, he because, you know, the technology on Earth wasn't caught up to where they were, he had to like help, you know, invent radio and uh, television and stuff to kind of get it up to the point where he could make this giant TV device that, you know, is like a teleportation thing. Yeah, he points out, because Marshall and Simon, or Marshall and Dash X are kind of like, why didn't you just, you know, you're from, you're this other dimensional being, and you're capable of jumping into these other dimensions, why didn't you just create this stuff? And he said, well, I'm I'm an explorer, I'm not a scientist. So right. yeah, he had to behind the scenes manipulate technology and, and fund, yeah. you know, quietly fund uh, NASA and yeah. groom Neil Armstrong and all these space explorers to yeah. kind of keep, you know, yeah, like you said, pushing technology to the point where uh, he could uh, create a new way to, to jump back to his world. Yeah. Which, by the way, he still isn't smart enough to build this stuff. He has to get Marshall's dad right. to build the actual device. Yeah, so Marshall's dad makes the this universal remote control that can apparently like get a good good enough signal to go through, which doesn't really make sense because... Simon's already gone through it. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So, I mean, it, it kind of, it already seems to work, but well, he can't seem to get back, though. Well, the, and the other thing is, uh, it, it seems like the portal that they built already, or whatever, you know, this TV screen, uh, he, he's not able to manipulate where it lands. Oh, okay. It's just like a random landscape that, uh-huh. that Simon steps over into. Mm-hmm. Ned wants to go back to his world, and he needs that device to zero in on his world. Okay, so he needs so like he, the exact... Right, thing. right. He has the portal, but he doesn't have the, the means to like make the portal kind of flip channels to his right. station or whatever. And it's very like fuzzy and right. stuff, so it, yeah. uh, he needs it to be clear enough to be able to... Safe, safely walk back and forth. It should be noted, by the way, that Marshall, Marshall's dad thinks that he is just creating a universal uh, remote. Well, I'm not sure, but I think it's a universal remote control. You can tune any TV, VCR, or CD player with just three buttons. Aha! It works. It works! He's kind of haphazardly building this device for yeah. Ned, so... And, uh... While the uh, the others are all away, it's just, you know, the gray-haired kid who... He tells Simon and Marshall that he's going to start calling himself Dash X because of the plus and minus sign on his hand. I'm going to use these for a name. Plus and minus? No. 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 Dash X. Get it? Dash X. Plus. What kind of name is that? You know, you guys are a constant source of embarrassment. Which, you know, every episode we've recorded of this podcast with him in it, I've made a really hard point to try to not call him Dash X. Right. <laughs> so I don't want to spoil anything for you. But so we, you know, while they're away, we find out that Ned also has the plus and minus signs on the backs of his hand. And so, you know, of course, now Dash X thinks, oh, Ned's going to have all the answers to these questions I have about, and like, who am I? Where do I come from? Yeah. And he really has no answers at all for him. <laughs> Yeah, for a second, I thought it was going to be another one of those deals of uh, Ned was future Dash X. Oh, I thought yeah. I thought for a second he was, you know, oh, it's going to be revealed that he's Dash X as a very old man. Uh, but it really made no That doesn't really sync up at all with Ned's explanation of who he is. Because he makes it seem like, you know, he stepped over into our reality as he looks now. So right. it doesn't really make well, that much sense. I mean, I guess there's a possibility that uh, if he's like an explorer, maybe he came to our world at a younger age and has been going and kind of went back and forth and then got stuck here when That's he was a good older. Point. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Which that I bet that would be interesting if he was an older Dash X because Dash X at the end of the episode he asked him like, "Are you my father?" And he's like, "No, I'm not your dad." But my destiny lies through that portal, not yours. Even I don't know the meaning of the marks or why your hair is gray. These symbols go back to a time long before any of us, and are as much a mystery to me as they are to you. I don't like the sound of that. Keep searching. What you seek is right here in Erie. The answer to your questions is simpler than you think, and stranger than you imagine. Just tell me one thing: Are you my father? If only it were as simple as that. Which makes you go like, "Oh man, what's going to happen?" Like, right. it builds up this mystery. Which we never get the answer well, to. And the problem, the only problem I have with Dash X is uh, I, I like Dash X and, and the actor playing him I think is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but he's way more interesting than Marshall. Yeah. I think that's the problem is they're, they're pumping all this energy into this, this you know, supporting character. Mm-hmm. But the character that's supposed to be the focus of the show is really boring and bland. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I like Marshall too, but I just think it's kind of a shame that the writer's kind of sidestepped him for for this new character and yeah. they just made this new character, you know, this much more interesting yeah. and fun to watch, you know. Yeah, and so Ned invites Marshall to go with him to Neptune or wherever it is he's from. Right. And, uh, of course, Dash, Dash X gets really upset. Like, hey, why don't you take me with you? Right. Like, shouldn't, uh, you know, it looks like we're both from the same place probably. Why don't all my answers are there? And he's like, no, you stay here. Uh, which I think I already said. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Marshall turns down the offer. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, the only real conflict in this is the idea that Simon steps over into this Arctic reality and they have no way, way to get him back. And that's how we discover that, oh, you know, Marshall's dad is creating this thing for Ned. And, uh, you know, uh, basically when Marshall's dad completes the device, that's when they just go back and get Simon out of the reality and... There's no real repercussions to that. Simon's like, yeah, if I'd had mittens, it would have been fun. You yeah. know, that type of thing. Um, uh, so th- this is a very straightforward. There's not that much conflict, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. a really interesting episode. And, yeah. and, and I, like you said, it sets up all these mysteries and everything. Um, but one thing I think is really great about this show, like having watched all the episodes now is uh, how rarely they resort to violence. I know I sound like a big yeah. social justice warrior guy or whatever, <laughs> but it's just kind of interesting that like so often uh, who they think are their adversaries don't end up really being bad. They just, right. they just have an agenda, right? <laughs> and you have to almost... It's kind of like old school ghost stories. You have to figure out what's why the ghost is haunting you, yeah. and that frees the ghost. That kind of happens over and over in the series where it's like they discover someone who has a, an issue and they help that person figure it out, and then... Yeah. You know, that's kind of how they solve their mystery or whatever right. you want to call it. So, and it's very, very rarely handled with like someone getting shot. I mean, it is occasionally Mr. Cheney mm-hmm. technically gets shot, um, but it's very rarely handled with like fisticuffs or violence or whatever. It's usually just, you know, you have to figure it out. And a lot of times you talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, that kind of solves the issue. You just talk to the person. Yeah. Uh, so, very refreshing, you know, because usually it's not the case. So. Yeah. Usually somebody's like trying to do something evil and they right. have to stop them. And then... right, I want to take over the world and right. kill everyone in it. And oh, we got to we have to you know take this magic gem from them. And yeah. right, yeah. But this, uh, yeah, I really, I really like that about this show too. It's uh, it's like I said, this is just a good spooky kind of fun, yeah. mysterious kind of show. And uh, um, I really, you know, uh, I, 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 I'm just so. I don't know if disappointed is the word, but it's it's kind of a letdown that you don't get to find out like the real story behind Dash X. And it would be interesting to see if we could uh, look into that somehow. Maybe like, I don't know, maybe we could find the creator of the show on Twitter and ask him, you know. Well, and you've never owned a box set DVD of this or anything like that? I wonder no. if there's commentary tracks and they maybe oh. mention those things. That might be something worth just finding out yeah. if, if the commentary tracks reveal any of that. Yeah. Because I'm sure the writers know, like Jose Rivera and is it Paul Schaefer? No, that's, no, that's David that's Letterman's show. Yeah. <laughs> or the, yeah. But like uh, something Schaefer, though, is yeah. his name. Um, I'm sure they know as creators and one of the main 
you know, they may have, they wrote most of the episodes. Yeah, so they may have had some ideas. Here's a quick question, follow-up question about this episode. Mm -hmm. Do you think the the order of the corn continues after Ned leaves, or do you think it just implodes and no one cares anymore? I think it it becomes just a normal kind of like a Shriners kind of thing, right? Where it's it's no longer you know, a disguise for him to try to, like, do something else. It's just a thing for, like, these older guys to get together and hang out. Yeah. It's not going to be, like, a a secret society so much as just, like, a glorified clubhouse. Yeah, basically. Just a a clubhouse for old men. Yeah. Yeah, I guess guess that's really all there is to say about that one, at least. Do you you have any thoughts? I just want to say, again, like, good good... Good solid episode and like really good performances from some old school actors, which was again, it's just fun to see. Like, yeah, you know, the guy playing Ned, and then obviously John Aston is back. Mm-hmm. Aston, he's back, and uh, he he loves being on the show. It seems like he really yeah. sells it every time he's he has a scene. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's like, uh, looks like he's sweet. having fun. Oh, yeah, 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 like he's tickled to death to be a part of it. So it, it's it's yeah, every time he's on it, I, I always enjoy it. So. Pretty weird, huh, Mr. Radford? Well, still can't top the Shuckers Bolathon we had back in 1974. Now, that was weird. Yeah, he's, uh, it, it's, it's kind of funny because he just replaced another actor for that role, like, at one point. But he ended up being, you know, much better in the role, I think, you know, because he's well, a lot and, more... And I think we may have talked about this before, but... It's said in uh, the Wikipedia page for mm-hmm. Erie, Indiana, and I, so I don't have this, the actual source for this, but it said that um, the original actor, the the network thought he was too subtle and people wouldn't really like his humor because uh, uh-huh. apparently he's pretty prolific, you know, character actor and everything. Uh-huh. Um, so that's why he was kind of jettisoned for uh, John Aston or whatever. Uh, who again hams it up and I guess that kind of speaks to my sensibilities because mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate the more subtle guy but the guy that's yeah. kind of like over the top and you know having fun with it I yeah. do like so I, I don't know network meddling I think helped in this case yeah. but... and John Aston plays a big role in the next episode yes he's Good center segue. stage we have zombies and PJs yeah. which I, I really like this episode because I feel like this episode has a lot in common with Dawn of the Dead. Sure. Where it's, it's a commentary on how we kind of fall for advertisement, which makes us want to go buy stuff that we don't need with money we don't have. So we're buying it on credit and we kind of become, you know, slaves to these uh, credit card companies and like yeah. these big wigs. We kind of sell our souls to these guys, you know, for stuff we don't really need. And that's kind of the... I guess the moral of this episode is, or maybe not the moral is not the right word, but um, it's definitely it's allegory that, for it. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely the theme of the episode because uh, in this episode, uh, I forget, or Radford is uh, John Aston's character's name. Radford is getting audited, and then uh, this guy shows up who uh, is Odo from Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Yes. Uh, but he's got like a long ponytail and he's got a suit and a tie with dollar signs on it. And he calls himself <laughs> the Donald. Yes. Uh, Not so subtle. Yeah. yeah. And, and so timely now, obviously, oh, for various yeah. reasons. And the, the Donald shows up with a contract and um, makes a deal with Radford. You know, hey, if you sell everything in the store by tomorrow night. Well, I can't remember what the deal is. He may, he's, once he has to sell everything in the store, right? And yeah. then... He gets like a million dollars or something like right. that. Radford thinks this is like the answer to all of his prayers, right? He, yeah. Because he's worried. He's worried about being audited. He hasn't paid taxes since 1979. Mm-hmm. The IRS is sending a man to audit me. Do you know what that means? Oh, of course you don't. All you know from taxes is what you pay on your gum. Well, you've got a heck of a surprise coming. I forgot to pay my income tax for 12 years. Mea culpa already. It slipped my mind. It's an honest mistake. I'm sure they'd understand. Understand? The IRS? They are ruthless, heartless bureaucrats with one goal in life, making me pay. And yeah, he thinks selling all this stuff and getting a million dollars as part of this weird contract from the Donald uh, will definitely make it where he can pay up to the IRS. You know what I mean? His backlog. He can kind of square away everything and be good to go. And so without reading the contract, he signs it and then... Course, Marshall and Simon are worried, like, uh, oh, this is not gonna go good. This, this is a very Faustian contract with the devil type of thing, exactly. Right? So, he's sort of a uh, 
Donald Trump devil type character. Right. You know, he's like you. Or Science. just Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, timely. Was I the only one who thought that Donald should be renamed the Slime? So he uh, he signs away his soul, as does uh, everyone else in Erie apparently, because Dash X gets involved and he's like, uh, you know, he's he's trying to scam the Donald and the Donald's trying to scam him. Right. And Marshall even says like, they were both pulling scams. The only question was whose scam would win. One thing I knew for sure, who would lose, Mr. Radford. But by the way, though they, they shoot. Um, Radford, Dash X, and the Donald shoot a television commercial. Yeah. And this is kind of like the thrust of the paranormal element is uh, this idea they shoot a commercial and from whatever, for whatever reason, whatever technology they're using to shoot this commercial with, when they broadcast it over local airwaves, yeah. everyone that watches it becomes a zombie. They, yeah. they, they instantly fall asleep and when they wake up from this – or they don't really wake up. They just kind of in a haze – are attracted to the world of stuff. You just can't get enough. You just can't get enough. You just can't get enough. Out of the world of stuff. Yeah, they, they go to the world of stuff and they're just buying stuff that they don't need. Right. Uh, oh, we, also we forgot to point out that episode begins with Marshall buying a disguise kit. Oh, yes. Which is a nice setup because the, the payoff yes. is at the very end. The disguise kit is definitely Chekhov's gun, right? Yeah. You, you know that, you know, this, this, this is going to be used at some point. Yeah. There's going to be a, uh, what do you call it, a payoff right. for this setup. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so the, everyone in town is going to the world of stuff and they sell everything in the world of stuff except for two items because Marshall and Simon, they're, they, they, got an, they have an idea of what's going on that everyone's hypnotized or turned into zombies and they're trying not to fall asleep because if they fall asleep, they'll turn into zombies too. So they're slapping each other. Uh, oh, also another, I thought another really funny part in the episode, I think the part that made me laugh the hardest was the, uh, the scene where they're watching TV and Doug Llewellyn is on TV and he's like, oh, yeah. coming up, we're going to find out who killed JFK. <laughs> Answers to the JFK assassination, the Iran Contra cover up, the cure for the common cold, and our hidden videotape of Madonna's torrid affair. With it cuts, they cut the commercial in right there. Like, right. You just can't get enough. <laughs> Come to the world of stuff. Also, it's kind of fun too, because at the world of stuff, when Marshall and Simon. Uh, check in on it at the Midnight Madness cell. Yeah. Because uh, they see everyone roaming the streets as zombies, right? Yeah. And by zombies, I mean they're just, you know, sleepwalking, basically. Yeah. And they're like, their oh, arms out. I have to go to a world of stuff. They're not, like, literally zombies. Right. Uh, but when they're at the world of stuff, it's kind of fun to see everyone in their pajamas. Yeah. Kind of, like, randomly buying things. And we we see, once again, Bert and Ernie, the twins, yep, from the original back. pilot episode, um, Forever Wear. Yeah. Uh, they're back, and... Uh, <laughs> it's kind of great because they're wearing uh, adult pajamas, but they're in the style of like 1960s kids. They're like yeah. cowboys and Indian style <laughs> yeah. uh, pajamas. So it's just like a nice little touch that like there's yeah. this continuity and this world building going on that I really loved. But yeah, like uh, Simon and Marshall see this and they're horrified. They go back home and they start slapping each other to stay awake. They're right. slapping each other back and forth all night long mm -hmm. uh, to stay awake. And they're fo they notice everyone comes home, and it seems to be over with, and they fall asleep. Yeah. Inevitably, they just go to the world of stuff. Yeah. Though, they buy the last two items, which are the disguise kit and the Elvis lamp, which, yes. you know, Simon points out, like, why do they make a lamp out of that guy from your paper route? You know? <laughs> Thank you, little paper boy. <laughs> so they go to the world of stuff to confront the Donald yes. and uh, Dash X. Because everyone in town has signed these contracts. Like, they get woken up from this deal because Dash X realizes he's getting double-crossed by the Donald. So he goes and snaps Marshall and Simon out of their haze or whatever. Right. They come back. Uh, a guy from the IRS shows up. And, of course, he's got all the contracts and everything. The Donald has all the contracts. And so he's sort of responsible, I guess, now for these this right. IRS stuff. I don't really understand it. I'm, a side note... Why didn't uh, Radford just say, like, hey, look, I was tied up downstairs for a lot of that time, so, like, I, how am I going to pay taxes when I'm not even, you know, I'm, I'm a prisoner in my <laughs> yeah, own Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing, actually. Yeah. I don't know. But, I don't know. And then a weird thing happens where the Donald, he gets down on the ground and starts doing, like, the temper tantrum kid things. Right, right. And stuff on the ground, and 
he gets sucked into the floor into a ball of flames, and then uh, I guess he gets sent back to hell. Yes. And then uh, the IRS agent pulls the mask off, and it's Marshall in his yes. disguise kit. This this disguise great kit. <laughs> it was great payoff. I thought it was hilarious. But this disguise kit, and this is part of the joke. Okay, so I'm not. Criti- this is not criticism. Yeah. But this disguise kit was perfection. I mean, it's like Mission Impossible <laughs> times a thousand because. Yeah. It transformed Marshall into a middle-aged, I mean, maybe old, even older, right? 50-year-old man, let's say, 60-year-old man with a beard and pie, like a little bit of a build. You know, he had like a little bit of a belly. It was He's taller. Significantly taller than Marshall, yeah. right? Um, because when Marshall takes off the mask, he's still wearing the suit, right? He still yeah. has like the suit, but the suit very cleverly does not fit Marshall. It, it is like baggy and like he's way too short for it. Yeah. Like it's very obvious that like even though all he does is take off a mask, uh-huh. his whole body is transformed as right. soon as he you know takes off the mask. He's no and his voice it changed his voice too. <laughs> yeah. So just top to bottom, this is like the best disguise kit ever created. I mean, yeah. it was it was very it's magic. It it's, was definitely worth whatever he put on his credit card. <laughs> yeah, I would love to have that. I, I would know, love right. It. It's amazing. Um, and this is also kind of the the final episode of Erie, Indiana, where we're actually just in the world of Erie, Indiana. Yeah, it gets a little meta with the following episode. Yeah, the next episode was a, a Reality Takes a Holiday. Indeed. Uh, and this is the one I've been waiting for, because this is the one that stars Joe Dante. He's actually in the episode. Yes, yes. Uh, ironically, doesn't direct the episode, though. He's just a star. He's just a, an actor in it. I insist on reading the synopsis. Go for it. Marshall finds a script in his mailbox for a TV show called Erie, Indiana. As he starts reading, he suddenly finds himself on a TV set where his family are just actors, and everyone calls him Omri, which is the name of the actor playing Marshall. Yep. So yeah, like it gets very meta. We're, we're, we are transported to a studio set, mm-hmm. right? We're like in a back lot. Um, we get to see some behind the scenes elements. Like you said, Joe Dante plays himself. Yeah. Um, everyone's very heightened versions of themselves, obviously. They're, right. they're very brutal to Omri. Uh, yeah, everybody's kind of an asshole. Like uh, the actor that plays Simon, he's like on his phone with his agent. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's hitting on the girl that plays the sister. Oh. And she slaps him at one point. <laughs> it's pretty great to see, like, <laughs> what looks like a grown woman just slapping the shit out of this nine-year-old boy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? And then it's, like, justified. You hear, yeah. you know, like, he's a creep and he's yeah. kind of sexually harassing her, you know, so... Justin, hands off! It's because I'm short, isn't it? I am not going to take this from a sexist pig <laughs> nine-year-old. <laughs> And then the mom is kind of like, uh, she dresses very, like, she's very scantily clad. She has some weird, like, plasticky, like, yeah. not leather, but like, you know what I'm saying? It's like a weird bustier thing. Yeah, she has, I think she has a tattoo, a tattoo on, her on her breast. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and the dad is very hoity toity, kind of a Fraser Crean type of character. Yeah, he thinks behind he's the like scenes. better than everyone. He's like done Shakespeare and yeah, stuff. He's like a real that. actor. He shouldn't be yeah. slumming it on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're having a breakfast, which you pointed out. Like it's like Simon is never at home. He's like, yeah. he's always at Marshall's <laughs> house. Like even early in the morning. I mean, I assume that he probably spent the night at, at Marshall's. Yeah, house and it was before, probably a but, Saturday morning because they're talking yeah. about going to the movies that afternoon right. and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and I think at one point they even say they're at, it was Saturday brunch, like in that script. Oh yeah. Um, oh, oh, and one other quick aside is when they're still in the the real world in Erie, Indiana, um, they're talking to Marshall about going to this movie as a family. Um, they mentioned in the paper, the newspaper, the re- film review for the movie they're going to see. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was done by the uh, the Wilson brothers, yeah. uh, which I don't know if that's their actual names, by the way. Okay. Uh, in Foreverwear. But the same twins yeah, from the- Foreverwear, once again, Bert and Ernie, yeah. resurface as film critics in the paper. You can see, <laughs> like, when they're talking about the, the film got a good review, you can see a little picture of the twins, and they're, like, back-to-back, like, hey, yeah. you know? And it's kind of funny because they say it get, the movie got two fingers up. The Wilson twins gave it two fingers up. Which fingers? <laughs> Good stuff. Funny. Good stuff. Great writing on this show. Uh, <laughs> it's a Vance DeGeneres joint. Yeah, that's another, right. Another Vance DeGeneres pointed that up. Uh, uh, film script. Uh, but in the episode, the, the writer is uh, Jose Schaefer, which yeah. is a combination of Jose Rivera and... 
Carl Schaefer. Carl Schaefer. Yeah. yeah. Marshall, you know, everyone keeps calling him Omri because that's the actor's name who plays him. And uh, everyone goes by their real name in this episode, with the exception of Dash X. Yeah, I want to just rewind it really quick because uh, if we're doing kind of a plot by, you know, plot points or whatever, you know, they invite him to go to this movie. He says, no, I'm kind of, I need to stay on top of my paranormal investigations. I can't possibly have some downtime, family time. And they're like, okay, go to hell. We'll take uh, Simon with us instead of you. And the family drives away. And, like, you know, Marshall's kind of, you know, giving, like, a little wave as they leave. Mm -hmm. He checks the mailbox, discovers the script. Right. And when he reads through the script, it goes all the way up to the point of basically when he discovers the the script or whatever. Like, it has, like, word for word what he had said. And he's like, oh, Uh my God. Yeah. And he steps back into the house. And, yeah, then we're transported to the set. His family yeah. is still at the, the table, and he's like, "What the hell's going on?" And they're yeah. like, "Well, what's going on is you ruined your your you know your line, you idiot, you know." Yeah, like they're like, "I, I feel like you're purposely ruining your lines." Yeah. And, uh, they think he's being like a I don't know what you would call it prima donna, like, prima donna, yeah, a diva. Yeah, and uh, of course he's just confused because he actually is Marshall. Yeah. Um, but like you said, Dash X is still himself. Yeah, he's still Dash X. We, we, yeah. Which is weird because we see him on the set and he understands that he's on a set. Because yeah. he's like in the little director's chair thing mm-hmm. and all these girls are coming up to him wanting an autograph. Who includes Denise Richards, by the yeah. way. We know it's a very young Denise Richards. Yeah, well you did. I, I was amazed you saw that. Because yeah. I mean like it goes by so quickly. We even rewound it and you pointed it out and you're right. It's Denise Richards. Oh, she's Denise definitely Richards, there. Yeah. She's in a yeah. blue top or whatever. Which, that's another uh, Seinfeld reference because... On Seinfeld, she played Bob Balaban's daughter. Oh wow! So boom, it all just kind of connections. <laughs> she was the one where like uh, <laughs> Jerry and George were at Bob Balaban's house, and she's like bending over and they're looking at her cleavage, and you know Jerry like nudges George, is like, "Hey, take a look," and he and George is just staring at her cleavage, <laughs> and Bob Balaban comes up, he's like, "Get a good look, Costanza." <laughs> But anyway, sorry. So yeah, like all, all these, you know, Dash X is enjoying being an actor in this this film or this TV show. Yeah. And uh, he's the only one up until this point that acknowledges that he knows what's going on. You know, yeah. Marshall is confused. Why is everyone calling him this? What's going on? And uh, he slowly uncovers a plot, which is... Yeah. Dash X is trying to kill Marshall. He's straight up trying to destroy Marshall. This... Wipe him from existence. Yeah, not even just, like, get him fired from the show, but, like, actually murder yeah. Marshall. <laughs> He's convinced uh, the writer of Erie, Indiana, Dash X is convinced the, the writer of Erie, Indiana, that uh, he should be the star. Yeah. That Dash X is, like, the reason to watch, and Marshall is irrelevant, and should be written out of the show, and the only way to do that is to kill him. He yeah. has to be shot to death. Which is very strange for a kid's show, but apparently it, it was good, it's going to go down. Yep. They, they, the writer agrees, and uh, which is also, I, this is kind of like very telling about what's happening in the writer's room. Yeah. Is, uh, again, Dash X is the more interesting character, and Marshall yeah. is a boring character. Yeah. And I wonder if that was a little meta-commentary already, Maybe. that they're kind of pushing that agenda in a little bit. Also, there's a running theme of killing, like, adolescent children on the show. <laughs> This is yeah. at least the third person that's been, or at least, well, two, we know, like, two adolescent kids have been killed, and then uh, they're trying to kill Marshall. Right. Uh, by shooting him to death. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> even Dash X is like, I'm going to put a few more in him if you don't mind. You know, like, Do you think I should blast him a few more times just to make sure? Great idea, because we want him good and dead. Good and dead. Ah, I smell Emmy. Oh, and, the, and there's a great moment, which, by the way, I mean, just to gloss over this a little bit, Marshall does do an investigation. He meets the writer of the show. Yeah. You know, he's talking to behind-the-scenes people. He's really trying to figure out what, how the hell to get this taken care of or whatever. But it gets yeah. to the point where he's literally just like, well, I, fuck, I don't know what to do. And he's, like, on set. Mm-hmm. And they're even getting to the point where they're, like, uh, going to fit him with squibs. <laughs> and, like, like the, the prop ma- master or whatever is all, like, you know... Pull up your shirt, kid. And he's like, what? What What are these? And he's like, these are squibs. You know, for when you get shot, the blood will squirt out or whatever. So it's going to be... And it's like, uh, you know, I I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it clearly looks like he's going to get shot six or seven times. Oh, yeah. It's like enough bullet holes to, you know... So it's going to be a very gratuitous death scene. Uh, But then Dash X steps in. He's like, hey, uh, there's no need 
for squibs, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm going to do it uh, for real this time or something. And the prop master is fine with it. He yeah, just laughs. He's like, he's all like, right, cool, yeah. <laughs> I like Kill this actor. It's fine. <laughs> it's also weird that Dash X, because, like, Dash X is, since the beginning, you kind of feel like, well, he's eventually going to be, like, friends with Marshall. And like, he kind yeah. of is sort of friends with Marshall. They call him a semi-friend at yeah. one point. Yeah. Uh, but in this episode, he's going to straight up murder Marshall. Yeah. And at this point, you would, like, I guess the you know show ends. But if had it gone on, Marshall would have been like, hey, man, fuck that guy. He's yeah. trying to kill me. Yeah, how the relationship would have evolved would be interesting. I mean, were they setting him up to be, you know, like a villain? Yeah. You know, would eventually Marshall have to deal with this guy? Or, yeah, yeah it's really interesting to think about. See, I have this theory that yeah. I'm going to go into later. And this is playing into my theory. Well, let's wrap up this. I think yeah. we're pretty close to, to ending this. So Yeah. So Marshall comes up with this idea. He's like, I'll just rewrite the script myself and, you know, put myself back into my own reality, which he does. He sneaks into the writer's room, rewrites the thing. They bring the new pages in. Bada boom, bada bing. He's back in yeah. Erie and he goes to the movies with his family. Yeah. He just reverts back and he realizes the little lesson is that he does have time for family time yeah it's not always going to be a paranormal investigations in his reality he yeah. needs to you know enjoy the people around him blah 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 um exactly and dash x is still aware he still keeps breaking the fourth wall yeah you know he rips up the, the, the script pages you know yeah. and he's like you win some you lose some you know yeah. that whole thing win some lose some so that's how we punch out. That's how yeah. we end the series proper yeah. for now. So. That's the end of Erie, Indiana. Yeah. But I have a theory, Indiana. Oh! So uh, on a previous episode, we, we talked about, like, you know, what happens to these characters, that, you know, had the show continued. And, uh, like, what are, what are Simon and Marshall doing now? We kind of speculated that maybe they're doing a podcast now. Mm. And we, we also, I mean, it eventually was revealed through watching the show that he becomes a milkman at some point. Right. right? When, yeah. he, when he gets older, like in his 90s, he's a, a long-haired British milkman. Yes. Uh, which, at some point, he adopts a British accent. Not sure why. But, uh... Maybe he studies abroad. Maybe, that could be it. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe he goes, to yeah. To be a milkman. Yes. Yeah. Maybe he goes to England to kind of study some things. But, um... My theory was this. I was listening back to the podcast and thinking about the episodes. And um, uh, so when Marshall gets older, we know that he becomes a, a time-traveling milkman. My theory is that during his travels, Marshall is actually the one driving the milk truck that kills Devin and Trip McConnell. Now, yes. So my idea is this. That, that would explain why when you see Devin... In the street skateboarding, and you see the milk truck coming from like a mile away. Like, how does he hit this kid? Like, he had so much time to get out of the way, honk the horn, right? You know, stop. <laughs> but he just hits this kid anyway. It would make sense if you know Marshall's traveling through time, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill this kid." And we also know that Marshall likes to hit kids with the milk truck because he hits himself with the milk truck mm. at one point. This is true. That uh, that's part of my theory, but like. To further this theory, Old Man Marshall is from a different timeline than the Marshall we're watching on the show uh, if he is the one responsible for killing Devin. Uh, let's say, like, Old Man Marshall, when he gets older, he's thinking back, like, oh. Like, let's say, let's say Devin had never gotten killed. Yeah. Uh, then Daniel Harris wouldn't have had the heart donor and could have possibly died. Of natural causes. Right. right. And so... Marshall gets older and he starts thinking like, oh man, you know, I miss her. I wish she had never died. How could I pop, how could I make it so that she would live? I'll travel back in time and kill Devin and then they'll take his heart and she can live on and then we can be together. Yeah. But then it doesn't work out because she ends up leaving him anyway. <laughs> yeah, that, that is very unfortunate that someone died and, you know, <laughs> she, uh, but she gets to live, you know, so, you know, this little trade-off. Yeah. Yeah, and if this theory is correct, Marshall took matters into his own hands and sacrificed Devin for Daniel Harris. Yes, but uh, now what would be his motivation for going back in time and killing Trips? I thought of that. Yeah, I think possibly uh, maybe Trip McConnell was this old man that lived on his street in Erie, Indiana. Yeah, and the old man was just a big asshole and he just hated him 
And so when he got old, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that old asshole, Mr. McConnell. Yeah. He used to, you know, steal my, my football when I'd thrown it in his yard and stuff. Like, fuck that guy. I'm going to go back in time and kill him, you know. Yeah. Or it could be that, like, uh, the old lady uh, was, was like the Mrs. Deagle of that town yeah. when he got older. And, uh, or when he was like, growing up in Erie and he just really hated her. And the only thing that she had in her life that she loved was her husband, Mr. McConnell. So he was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to go kill your husband. <laughs> Damn. Uh, so here, okay, older Marshall is evil. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, okay. So this is, this is intriguing. And I'll be honest, you messaged me saying like you had a theory and you want to talk about it on the podcast, but you were worried you might forget it. So, uh, keyword milk truck is what you said. Something yeah. like that. So I was like, huh. And I started thinking about it. And then when I listened to our podcast, also editing, it dawned on me. Yeah. Uh, I know what Jeff's theory is. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately can debunk it. Oh, uh, okay. So I'm sorry. I've, I've become what I hate most. Because why can't I let people just enjoy things? But uh, <laughs> in the reality of the episode where uh, Marshall meets himself uh-huh. as an old man... It's not time travel. He's only in this weird portal reality that's suspended because of the lost hour. Yeah. So he can't time travel. He can only go to that period, this weird reality of the lost hour, where Marshall is trapped and where uh, the other girl from the neighborhood is trapped. Like, Marshall, as an old man, can't travel through time. He can only just lose that hour and be transported to this reality with everyone else. But he's still gone back to that year, though. Even. No, he hasn't. Because it's established in that reality, in the lost hour reality, mm-hmm. it's just never ending. So, like, this girl that had been lost for a year is there, mm-hmm. along with Marshall, who is there. Like, he doesn't go back in time. It's like a no time zone area. Like, if, if you and I lost the hour, we would be transported along where Marshall and this girl is. But time still moves at the same pace there because... Uh... Uh, Nikki Cox's character has been gone for a full year because he even mentions that like she's been gone for a year but but it's still only time travel in that realm though I think I don't know I think there's nothing established where he can go now now granted maybe if time if uh, the series had continued Mm -hmm. it would have been revealed somehow that they had time travel or interdimensional travel or something so it's, it's still possible but I don't think it's possible with what was been shown to us yet like, not, not based on that one episode where we meet Marshall, old man or Marshall. Because yeah. I think all old man Marshall can do is go to that lost hour reality. Well, I don't think he can, like, he can circumvent that to go to whatever era he wants as a milk truck guy. Possibly. Yeah. But I still think, well, he's able to access that lost hour. I mean, he, but, uh. I don't. It seemed. I don't know. It's it's hard to really say because there's so little well, information to go on at this point. Also, like, yeah, for sure, for sure, and and I think it's a good theory, uh, especially with the heart on chain. If you if you marry that together, yeah. the idea that old man Marshall goes back, thinking you know what would have happened if mm-hmm. I had gotten together with this girl that died because yeah. she couldn't get a heart transplant. I'm gonna yeah. make sure she gets a damn heart transplant. Right. That's very romantic, and it, it, even if it is dark, it's it's fuck. Yeah, it, it's still romantic, and uh, I could totally see that happening. And it it, it definitely explains why the milk truck guy uh, does not even try to avoid Devin. Right, like, he just straight up murders him. And um, he tries at the beginning of the episode too, but but uh, Devin grabs onto the back like Martin yeah. Fly style. Yeah. Uh, so it's almost like he tries to he takes a pass at him one time and misses, and comes back and tries to do it again. So I'm gonna go succeeds. back. I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to go along with your theory with the caveat that I don't think that, <laughs> I mean, unless something weird is revealed, was going to be revealed. I don't think Marshall went back in time to kill Trip. I don't, I just don't, I don't think he has the motivation to go yeah. back in time to the 1930s or 20s. That we know of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you said, there was an alternate reality perhaps where Trip was an asshole to him and he yeah. decided I will murder him as a child. That, that's weird to me, but right. you know, it, it, like, why wouldn't he murder him when he was, like, 60? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, actually, well, there could be a thing. We find out that Trip McConnell is also very manipulative. <laughs> yeah. And so there could be a dark side to Trip McConnell. Maybe, like, Trip McConnell went on to be, like, some serial killer, and he was like, I got to stop this before there he you does go. this. You Maybe know? he ended up being, like, a Hitler, uh, to, and it's yeah. kind of like the classic, you know, would you kill Hitler before yeah. he came to power? So maybe... 
trip at 13 or 14, whatever, that was, like, the last year where he was an okay guy. Yeah, and, like, maybe yeah. the next year was when, like, the evilness started ah, or something. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. And then you've also pointed out when we were watching The Loyal, the loyal Order of Corn that um, uh, Ned could possibly be adult-X because they both have the plus and the minuses right, right. on their hands. Yeah. You know, like, as they said in the episode, like, he's looked like an old man since 1908. Right. He's also a traveler, and he got stuck there at that point. It's it's a possibility that, uh, as a younger guy, he started traveling and ended up in Erie, Indiana. And for some reason, well, his uh, memory gets taken I mean, away. I mean, the, the whole... The, the whole backbone of the the show is this idea that Erie, Indiana, weird things happen and there's unexplained phenomenon and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, Ned tells Dash X, you know, everything is here. You can, you can figure it all out from here. Yeah. So I think they definitely were planting some seeds yeah. that were going to come to fruition. So, yeah, you know, as much as I, you know, was trying to punch holes in it or whatever, the fact that old Marshall can access the lost hour reality doesn't mean yeah. that he can't also be a time traveler. Right. Like maybe like, I don't think the lost hour reality proves that he's a time traveler, but right. it doesn't disprove it. Like he yeah. could totally potentially be a guy in a milk truck straight up murdering people in a milk truck, <laughs> yeah. you know, which is hilarious to think about is this old man, Marshall, you know, and also that also proves Marshall becomes an interesting guy at some point. Yeah. At some point he, he gets some cojones and yeah. doesn't just be a passive, you know, character. Although he is a fuck, you know what? <laughs> now that I think about it, it does make sense that Marshall would become a milkman that kills people yeah. because he is a fucking stalker in that chain of yeah. the heart on the chain episode. Yeah. I mean, he's breaking into houses. He mm -hmm. is like stalking this poor young lady, mm -hmm. uh, and follows her to yeah. a cemetery. And and he sneaks in that old lady's house. Oh, yeah. While his friend distracts the granddaughter downstairs. Right. Essentially like, kidnaps the old lady. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he is already at age 13. He's got a bit of a dark side. Capable of a lot of shit, a yeah. lot of shenanigans. This, this we should make a comic book like <laughs> Erie Indiana returns or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and where we like draw these stories out and make a comic book of this that would be it would be cool like uh you could do it back to the future style a little bit where Marshall teams up with his younger self oh, like maybe yeah. it's Marshall in a different era like say when he's in high school mm -hmm. and you know old man Marshall comes back you know like hey we got to do I need your help you know yeah. that type of thing and it's yeah it's kind of revealed. Some of yeah. the shit is revealed. And it yeah. shocks Marshall in a way, mm -hmm. but then maybe he starts to understand why old man Marshall has to do all this shit. Yeah, maybe he doesn't believe old man Marshall. He pulls up a, an old newspaper. He's like, see here? It's, a, it's an obituary for Danielle Harris. She never got the heart transplant. You have to help me kill Devin. Like, what? Devin was my friend. You barely knew that guy. You were in one class with him in one year. He was just some poser acting like Bender from The Breakfast Club. Fuck him. He wasn't that cool. Later in life, he became a drug addict. You got you don't to have cleave to, say, to Danielle Harris. No, that didn't happen in the reality. Remember, like, old man Marshall is just, like, super jealous of him. Mm. Maybe that's what happens. Maybe, like, Danielle Harris gets the heart transplant from some other place, from yeah. somewhere else, and she and Devin end up together. She didn't really like Devin a lot yeah. more than Marshall. Yeah, yeah and then she, like, uh, Marshall's just so insanely just, he took my woman from me. She was supposed to be my wife. And <laughs> then like he how, kills her, you know. Man, everything about this series, we watched, uh, what, 19 episodes? <laughs> yeah. And everything circles back to that chain on a heart on a chain episode. <laughs> it's a very it, pivotal it, episode. It's, 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 it, it, I could see how that hooked you and, and kind of... Uh, you know, made it where you thought about it years later. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's something about that episode that's so bizarre and so fun that, yeah, yeah it kind of circles back. And there's another thing that a friend of mine pointed out to me that I can't believe I didn't notice uh, and that we didn't talk about before was in that episode, after all this stuff happens, like, this, this you know, she was, like, in love with Devin and she was obsessed with him. She has his heart in her chest. Like, she, she's, he's the reason she's alive. Yeah. She gave him this locket right before he died. And then she just gives it to Marshall. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's some cold shit. She just but, gave that to Marshall. You know what? It's cold, but it's also, you have to put it in context of the fact that she is being brutally stalked. <laughs> by Marshall. True. She's probably scared of Marshall at this point. She's like, like Look, just take this and leave me yeah, alone. Like, yeah, like I think it's very much like, hey, like, this is something to remember me by. Focus all your weird shit on this token <laughs> that I'm giving you. 
forget me. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm moving because we never see her again. So maybe she moved to yeah. another town after this. She was like, Mom, Dad, this kid is stalking me at school and I want to go to another school. Yeah. You know, I, maybe that's the explanation there because. Or maybe in a, in a more innocent way, too, it could be that she's just, uh, she really is just trying to move on from the whole Devin being dead thing. Sure. She's like, this heart, this lot, because she was going to leave it on the, the, the gravestone anyway. That's true. That's true. So she's probably just like, I'm just. Gonna walk like if I leave it on the gravestone, someone could come here and steal it. I'll just give it to Marshall. He might, you know. Yeah. He knew Devin. Maybe he'll That's appreciate true. it. But it could also be. She's terrified. Trying yeah, to she's just terrified of this like, weird stalker that like sneaks in his window. Yeah, I mean, he did. He did kiss her open mouth on <laughs> on the tombstone of his former best friend. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, he maybe he would have tra- kept trying. He would have kept trying to move that up if she hadn't. You know, here's a stand locket. Yeah. Leave me alone. I almost called her Jamie at one point because that was her name in Halloween. You're like, Jamie's uncle's the boogeyman. It almost makes more sense than uh, calling her Daniel Harris the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> never called her by her character name. I don't it's, even know her character. I don't either. <laughs> um, it's like, uh, yeah, we always refer to her as not Danielle. It's Danielle Harris. It's we, her full name. We have to do that Halloween movie, by the way, Halloween Four, because yeah. that scene is so hilarious when they're like, <sighs> boogeyman, boogeyman. They're just merciless to her. She's just yeah. like, oh, like screaming. Yeah, and, that know. is the last person in my school I'd want to taunt would be like Ooh. the girl whose uncle like brutally murdered, like serial yeah. killer style yeah. murdered people. And on Halloween, no less. Man, you're you're asking for it. Yeah, don't don't push this girl. Like that's a bad idea. <laughs> and she's so cute. She's such yeah. a little cute kid, like running down the hallway screaming, yeah. like no. <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, remember those people that got killed last a couple years ago? <laughs> that was her uncle. Oh shit! Don't go near her. That's what I would be saying. And everyone's like, no, let's go make fun of her. <laughs> I did want to kind of uh, talk about a couple of comments that we got. Okay. On the social medias. We uh, had a question or a comment from uh, Talking Cod Swallop, which I, I, I don't really know what that means. It's a podcast of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, hey guys, great episode this week. Thoughts on new series to cover. How about Goosebumps Around the Twist? Um, obviously, we know what Goose, Goosebumps is. I had to look up Around the Twist. It's an Australian show hmm. that has a lot in common with Erie, Indiana. It's about uh, a father and his kids that investigate paranormal activity and whatnot. And it's from huh. the same era. It's like 89 to 92 or something like that. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. I've never even heard of that. That's yeah, exactly. Like that That's what be... I said in the replies or whatever. The person says, uh, you know, Around the Twist was a program aired from Australia and a hit TV program in the UK. Uh, where I'm from, it was mental. Box set is available <laughs> on UK Amazon, but I'm not sure if it's on the US one. So okay. it might be a little tough for us to track down. I'm sure it's, there's some way we can bootleg it if we really were curious about yeah, it. Yeah, it's got to be a way we can find it. And Goosebumps, I think, is actually kind of interesting in the sense that it's been fun watching this show as an adult, mm-hmm. looking back on it and kind of you know having fun picking it apart from right. our adult logic versus kid logic. So there might be a way to kind of like, I mean, Goosebumps is huge. But maybe we could take an episode, you know, that's really famous. Yeah. You know, maybe the Ryan Gosling episode or something like that. Yeah. And uh, you know, watch it and just kind of do a quick, you know, uh, half ass forecast nights yeah. episode on Goosebumps. Or even the Haunting Hour that that show like it's newer. You know, it's yeah. Earlier, like maybe two thousand and eleven, I think. Yeah. Uh, but it's you know in the same vein as like Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Well, you're a genuine you know, fan of that too, right? You yeah, watch. it's actually like. I was shocked. It's it's like surprisingly really yeah. good. Like I thought it was gonna be like a dumb kid show, but I th- it's. I mean, I think it's actually. I know this sounds like blasphemy, so I might cut this out. <laughs> but it's it's kind of better than Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, nice. So I recommend that if you're into those kind of like spooky kids shows. Called the Haunting Hour. Yeah, R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour, and I think there's like two or three seasons on Netflix. But yeah. uh, yeah, it's it's a fun show. Um. So great suggestions and thank you, uh, Talking Cod Swallop. I, again, I'm sorry, I'm I'm missing some kind of UK slang. I think there, our friend uh, Cryptic at Cryptic TV on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "Ariana was one of my favorite shows as a kid, and I can't believe I never realized what a dick Marshall was <laughs> until I listened to Half Ass Horrorcast." 
I have to go back and watch it now. Um, so yeah, I think that's been the biggest takeaway for me just yeah. watching this whole 19 episodes. Actually, he mellowed as da- yeah. that's something that happened when Dash X was introduced. Mm-hmm. Marshall became a good guy, right? But before Dash X, he was this uh, almost a sociopath. I mean, yeah. he was almost he was murdering people. Uh, you know, inadvertently murdering people. Yeah. He was like destroying people's lives, stalking women. I mean, he was capable of a lot of bullshit. When Dash X showed up and started to become the bad guy, the yeah. anti-hero, uh-huh. uh, Marshall kind of cleaned up his act and became more of a wholesome character. Yeah. He kind of saw what... Uh... He's like, oh man, maybe I've been a big jerk. I mean, look how bad <laughs> this guy is. I'm better than this guy. I can <laughs> clean my act up a little bit. But uh, yeah, always thank you for interacting with us on social media. Yes, thanks. Um, any other final observations about uh, Erie, Indiana, as we close out um, this night? Uh, I was just—it was really fun to revisit the whole thing. Um, I mean, I revisited it a few years ago, but it, it, you know, it was just by myself, so it's fun yeah. to like watch it with you, and like also the fact that you had never seen it before was like fun to kind of get your perspective on things. So, yeah, it was a good time. I really enjoyed it. Well, I did too, and I, and I think this is well worth your time. If you have Amazon Prime uh, to stream this for fun, because um, again, these are only 20 minutes long. You can zip through this pretty quickly, yeah. um, and it's hilarious to watch uh, <laughs> some of these episodes in particular. Uh, if you want to do kind of a, a shallow dive, if you don't want to watch 19 episodes, I would strongly suggest the Daniel Harris episode. <laughs> yeah. The Heart on a Chain is really funny. Yeah. Uh, if you watch it from adult perspective, I mean, you'll get a lot out of it. And yeah. it'd probably be fun to watch with friends and just, you know, kind of have a conversation like we're having. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely recommended. Um, yeah, and for someone like me who watched it as a kid, it's like the, the nostalgia factor is super high because it just reminds me of that time in my life. And it, the first, when I first started watching that show... It was around Halloween. Yeah. So there's also I have this like you know intense nostalgia for like Halloween as a kid. And a lot that of synergy of, there. Yeah. yeah, and like you know just that time of year is always there's something kind of magical about that time of year, and um, so it, you know it Erie, Indiana fits in with that pretty strongly for me. Yeah. But we also, you watched the first episode of Erie, Indiana, the other Beyond, dimension. Yeah, the other dimension. Yeah. And uh. Yeah, they very they really just shoehorn Marshall and Simon into that uh, with like a, they're watching them on a video screen where it it looks you can tell they're they're not saying the lines that they're saying. Yeah, the new protagonist of the other dimension, Erie, Indiana, the other dimension, which aired several years after the original run, uh, they're like doppelgangers for um, for Marshall and Simon. Yeah, they even uh, dress in the same clothing. Yeah, and, and, and it's a very obvious like, hey, we're replacing your former favorite characters. Uh, but there's a passing of the, passing of the torch moment where the new characters talk to the old characters yeah. via this TV screen. And like Jeff is saying, they don't try to hide the fact that this is old footage <laughs> and it's not like they overdub new dialogue. The lips don't sync up correctly. Yeah, well, and they try to cover up the lips not syncing up by making the video look really choppy and stuff right. to make it look like, oh, it's just because it's like a, not a good signal. Yeah. But you can tell it's just they're just reusing old footage to kind of... I mean, in all fairness to this new version, which only lasted a season also, by the way, um, it was made for kids' television, so the production value was clearly not as up to the same standards as the original Erie and Anna. Um, yeah, and if you're going to do the passing of the torch at the time, that's... Uh, even now, I mean, that's really, like, really the only way you could do that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's a, a pretty clever way of covering up the fact that their mouths <laughs> don't match what they're saying. But... but you said you never watched it beyond that that episode. You couldn't get, you couldn't do it. No, I think... I don't know. It's, it, I feel like the, the moment had passed yeah. by that point for me, but I don't know. Maybe I'll give it another shot and try to, to watch some more and see if it gets any better. Because, yeah. I mean, the original series, I think that got better as it went along. Right. Um, and then just got cut off right when it was getting <laughs> really interesting. So it's too bad. Well, I'm going to present you with your, your small gift. What? I, I, I bought you a little something to commemorate our final um Foreverware. Yes. And it, I, for the <laughs> listeners, I'm presenting Jeff with his gift. It's in a Tupperware container. Rubbermaid. Ooh. Like Foreverware style. I'm going to open it and it's going to 
age rapidly. Yes. What? It's a little baggie with a jack-o'-lantern face on it. Thanks. <laughs> well, there's oh, something inside oh, okay. of it. What could be inside? That came with it. Ooh, this is kind of a... Fright Rags, Michael Myers, holding a jack-o'-lantern and a knife. But, but this came sticker. with the main thing. This is the main thing. So here's the main thing. It's a world of stuff pin! Whoa! <laughs> you just can't get enough. It's a world of stuff. of stuff. Enamel pin yeah. from Fright Rags. And it's even got the, uh, the date, September 15th, 1991, Erie, Indiana. Very cool, man. I know, awesome. you, I know you have a uh, pin board at home, so I thought you yeah. could throw it up there. You can keep the uh, backing board for it, too. Yeah. Just kind of stick it up there. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. I didn't even know they that Fright Rags, Rags made world, uh, Erie, Indiana yeah. merchandise. That's pretty cool. That's all they have, though. I, I don't know if like at one point they had more, um, but yeah. Uh, Fright Rags is always highly recommended. If you're listening to this and you've never checked out their website, oh, they got yeah. some good stuff. Lots of cool stuff there. Where do you get these little baggies from? I've already forgotten. I think I got it on Amazon. It was like a wholesale thing. Oh, okay. Because uh, when I was, you know, every now and then we'll have giveaways and uh, I got a bunch of those to give away pins and stuff like that. And I thought they were kind of cool. So. Yeah, because you gave me something else around Halloween when, in one of these. Yeah. I think it was the little jackling guy. I'll, I'll try to find the link to it because I bought like 50 at once and it oh, was pretty cool. inexpensive. So, yeah, so that's pretty neat. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> cool. Appreciate that. Thanks. Right. So, well, I guess that's it. That's the end of Half Assed Horrorcast Nights, yes. Erie, Indiana edition. We'll definitely be revisiting this format to talk about subjects off of movies or maybe more obscure things or, frankly, things Kia may not want to talk about. <laughs> so, uh,. But we'll be back next episode with Kia. The next episode, our movie is 1981's The Prowler. The Prowler. But uh, that'll be done during the day. <laughs> Unlike this. This was done in the dark of night. Half-assed forecast nights. Yeah. So uh, whatever you're doing out there, don't forget to uh, keep slamming that evil. Keep busting. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, it's total daylight in here. <laughs> it's not even like remotely. It's not even, it's not even close to It's dark. a nice sunny day. It is. Nighttime, baby. Night, night. So little to watch. Shut up!